1: My guest today is Kevin Gibbons. He's the founder and CEO of a digital marketing agency, ReSignal, in London, England, and the winner of multiple search awards. ReSignal was recognized as one of the fastest growing digital marketing agencies by Deloitte and focuses on driving organic growth for their clients. Thanks for joining me today, Kevin.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, John. Looking forward to it.
1: I'm excited to learn a little bit about your journey, a little bit about how you became a digital marketer. Uh, so let's start off with that. Like, um, Maybe give the, some background, back history about uh, how did you get into this industry, even like your, your previous life?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm from the sort of generation that I fell into what I'm doing as opposed to it as a plan. Like, um I I think you now find there's generations that are coming through, maybe at a graduate level, that have studied and learnt how to do digital marketing or SEO in particular, um, maybe as part of a university course. Um, For me, that was just completely unheard of. It was uh, it it was just at a stage of how do we figure out what we're doing as we go along, Um, and in many ways, I. I really enjoyed that. That was the uh, the challenge of of learning. So I guess the the initial start of the story for me would be, I was a student in two thousand three. I did a placement year um, at a web design agency that was a real eye opener for learning. They were kind of one of the companies that they chucked me in at the deep end. I did quite a lot of different things um, from web development to sysadmin through to dealing with client customer support um, and SEO was one of those things as well so I feel like I in the early stages got a taster to a bit of everything which was great because I was still kind of I don't know 22, 23 years old figuring out what I wanted to do um, and from there I could yeah try a few things figure out what I probably firstly didn't like um, or I wouldn't say didn't like but definitely didn't have a passion for and then from an SEO perspective that was something that was just very fresh new and exciting and uh, it's evolved and developed a lot in the 17 years since Um, but initially it just got got me hooked by uh, being able to test things as a student and uh, see what the impact was and uh, yeah I always liked the idea of how do I make myself some money online? And as a student, when you're looking for some extra cash, it's uh, it's quite appealing.
1: <laughs> Amazing. So, did you? Um, so, how did you start your agency? How long before get g- earning a lot of experience and you know learning from some of these other business owners before you decided to kind of branch off and do your own thing?
0: So, I started an agency in 2006, and okay. um, so I guess looking back, I'd have had three years' experience at the time of doing SEO for clients, for myself. Um, I built my own affiliate websites. And um, I probably, in 2006, it's one of those where I'm not even sure I would say I started an agency. I was probably more freelance, but I, I wanted to look more professional. Um, and so I set up a brand name called SE Optimize, which later become an agency. Um, and developed from there, but I, I essentially, in 2006 to 2007, did the student year out thing. Um, I traveled and spent a year in Australia, nice. uh, in, mainly in Brisbane and Sydney, and um, on the side, built enough cash through um, my own website properties that I'd built, and um, some consulting with clients that I'd attracted some clients along the way. Um, that essentially allowed me to pay for my year whilst I was away so it was uh, it was something that I think I only realized by the time I was back that oh actually this could be this could be my real job. Um, Before I think I really took the pressure off that by saying I'm going to travel for a year and if I can pay for some of my bills while I'm away by doing some work and more kind of like affiliate income and freelance consultancy then uh, I'm more than happy with that. It, it allows me to to spend a year in Australia, and that's great. Um, and I'll figure out getting a job or whatever else uh, when I get back.
1: That's amazing to hear because I've been reading a lot about, like, the vagabonding and kind of yeah. understanding, you know, what goes th- – you know through people's mind right when they're in 20s they kind of want to uncover what's going on in life where do they want to go what's the sense of person purpose or passion what does meaning really mean right like um and that's where you discover and you were able to travel and kind of figure it out where your strengths were where it lies on and uh you know, optimize and make some money along the way, which is amazing to hear, because a lot of people don't have that drive, right? And for you to do and have the foresight to do that, and also have a sense of travel and enjoying um, before settling, and before understanding, like, if there are other uh, things that are more important, like if you have a family and things that you want to really settle in. It will get harder itself. and harder
0: later in life. So it's definitely. I, I remember I went for a job interview in Oxfordshire, and um, the person interviewed me as I come out of uni had, had said, Why don't you go traveling to Australia, Southeast Asia? And I tried to give the right professional answer, which was, Oh, I'm excited to start a career and I want to do all of this. And I remember. His response was why not? Why, why wouldn't you go? It's like I would if I was you and, and I, I remember I left that interview and I, I didn't get offered the job <laughs> but um, at the same time I it made me think well actually if I'm gonna do it now is the time and I, I, I do believe in trying I think this has been a theme of my life in many ways of trying to take the pressure off and as much as I've always looked at long-term vision where do I want to be etc In a lot of cases, the best things in my life have come from actually, how do I just make a start? How do I try something because I'm curious and let's just see where it takes me? And um, I I think certainly from a career perspective, that was definitely the case here. It, It wasn't how do I grow an agency to be 20 people, et cetera, et cetera. It was how do I go to Australia and come back so that I'm not in a load of debt. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and that was it. And it was as simple as, okay, well, I need to make, I don't know, maybe a thousand pound a month or whatever it was in terms of living expenses with the exchange rate. How do I start there? And if I can do that, then uh, yeah, that that's the, the barrier that I'm aiming towards. And um, yeah, then break it down step by step in terms of how I can get, to the next level, to the, and like there's always a next level, but it's it's not trying to get too far ahead of yourself.
1: Exactly, and I love the fact that you have short-term goals, right? And then really don't really dream too big but always have that in the behind the scenes right like have that in the back of your mind where you do want to reward yourself by achieving but start off small by taking risks right and being curious like you mentioned and always wanting to learn right and that's another thing as an entrepreneur so how did you come about like coming back after traveling and doing what you did um, to kind of settling and then deciding that you wanted to scale and run a real digital agency. Like, how did that come come
0: all about? Um, so the decision process, when I came back, my plan originally was I would get a job. Um, when I got back, I was, and again, I, I don't see this as being incredibly successful, but I was in a position where what I was making for affiliate income plus consultancy was the same as a job. So I was then in a situation of, okay, well, I'm looking to apply for a job, but then I wouldn't have time to do what I'm doing. And I kind of already have a job, so why don't I carry that on? And um, and then just coincidentally, I had an email out the blue from someone that had just won a Oxfordshire Small Business of the Year Award and had just left that business. And he was very interested in Google AdWords. Um, I'd done quite a bit of Google AdWords myself just because i I I was curious and it was the only certification that I knew of in digital marketing at the time. So I thought, well, that's a a good thing to have as a string to my bow more than anything else. Um, And we had a couple of meetings and he wanted to start an agency and I was in a position that I had clients and expertise but didn't really know anything about running a business. And uh, actually it just became clear that, okay, this is a good opportunity of why don't we, try and do something together and i've probably even so now but definitely at the time have never really been aggressive on growth i've always looked at how do i do good work for clients and through that work we'll grow with the clients that we have we'll have good case studies and stories to tell and we'll attract referrals from those clients and maybe other people that hear about our work along the way Um, but the idea of actually how do we turn this into a company was quite new to me and I think on my own I may not have done that. I think I might have kind of I've been happy with what I had to keep my own time busy um, but when it got full I might then have I don't know maybe gone down a different route, charged more money or something like that but probably wouldn't think of how do I how do I hire someone, how do I get someone else to do the workload and then once they're busy, how do we get someone else to, to do that as well? And um, and I think that was something where actually having a partner at that stage in time I think really helped just to um, bring a bit of experience that I didn't have. And also there's a lot of pressure, I think, on entrepreneurs to do everything, certainly at first. I mean, I, I'm now a, um, a solo shareholder and entrepreneur, but I, I've done that kind of for a while now and I have different mentors around me. So, but I think in the early days actually having a partner and someone that can help to bounce ideas off of and when times are bad, you know that, okay, I'm not the only one that's not getting paid. Someone else, like stuff like that I think really helps from a reassurance perspective.
1: So how, how did you go about like, uh, did you leave on good terms? Did you kind of want to branch off on your own, or how long did you work with this other individual before you decided to become a sole entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, so we grew the company for six years, um, okay. and we so from maybe five years, I think it's twenty twelve that we split, and I think it in hindsight, I think it was very successful. It went went well, um, it grew quite quickly. We were Deloitte Fast 50 listed as one of the fastest growing companies in the UK. Um, And um, I think really we just reached, I would say just different roads in our life of where we wanted to get to. And um, I'd had quite a lot of stuff going on personally. So my dad unfortunately died from cancer in 2012. And just from a life changing moment, that was, that was for me a realization of just life's too short. And I realized that probably related to that personally, maybe more than I realized at the time, as opposed to business, I was going into work and I just wasn't enjoying myself. And I think actually it's one of those that looking back now, I think I should have just took time off. I should have said, I'm just, I'm not going to come back for three months and I'm just going to switch off and do whatever I need to do. And I think it's much easier to say that in hindsight, but, At the time, I was much more of the mindset of, I'm going to throw myself into work, I'm not particularly happy with some of the things that are happening and having 50% control and a deadlock and nothing happening um, was frustrating me. And and again, in hindsight, probably much more so because of the personal situation I was going through. Um, But it was enough for me to say, okay, well, I want a hundred percent control of my own destiny and I want to do things my way and ended up splitting the company in half and essentially starting again, um, in 2012. So I created a new brand name, um, and we grew and developed from there. So I think there's, there's definitely learnings that I've had both on a positive and negative side, but, um, I think where we are now is, is in a good place because I have been able to apply those those learnings. I feel like a lot of what I've done has been learning from mistakes. Um, like I mentioned, we were fast growth listed um, first time around, but we actually grew twice as quick second time around. And I feel like the reason for that is because I've I'd, I'd learned a lot of lessons of what to do and what not to do at the first time of asking. At the second time... I, I didn't make the same mistakes and equally I'd grown my own reputation, network, knowledge, uh, relationships, et cetera, that comes with that to the point that winning clients was easier and winning bigger clients was, was easier than it had been in the past because I, I'd, I'd already established a certain level of credibility in the market that I would have had to build from scratch in the, the first time around.
1: That's amazing to hear. And I love the fact that you're um, being vulnerable as well, right? And self-reflecting, which is so important, uh, because as you know, and we spoke about this before the session started, Robin Sharma is someone that you look up to. And it's all about like mindset, right? And it's all about like, being aware of where you're at, where other people are at, and it might not be in alignment, right? And having that complete control is something all entrepreneurs want, right? Because yeah, if you exactly. dictate and, you know, come up with your own schedule and decide who to hire and fire and run the show, that's ultimately the pin- pinnacle of entrepreneurship.
0: It, it absolutely is. And I've, I've always loved having kind of 100% accountability. And I've, I've spoken to a lot of people that are maybe in employed roles. And I've said to them things like, I love the fact that if everything fails, it's all my fault and some of the people's expressions on my, my their face when they look at it like, i feel like sometimes people can hide behind excuses too much and i would and again i'm i'm probably the last person to give myself credit i think if, if things go well i would like to think i've had something to do with it but I, I almost look at it on the negative side of even if things didn't go well if i try my best i'm happy if i know i've given everything you can't control the result, but you can control your effort. And I think for me, that mindset of being accountable to, if I put the work in, I will still, I'll hope for the results. There's no guarantee whatsoever, but I'm accountable for this, good or bad. And I feel like to be an entrepreneur, you you need that mindset. If if you're going to hide behind excuses, then I think you're much more likely to fail. Whereas if you can grab them and don't, don't have this blind faith that everything you're going to do is work is is going to work, but you have to, you have to learn from what you're doing and you have to have a certain level of optimism in order to take that step for sure.
1: That's awesome. And then regarding like growing up, right. um, Did you ever want to be like an entrepreneur or business owner? Like what did you want to be? And then how did you like, were there other people that you looked up to growing up? That you said look i really admire and i aspire and want to be similar to that person what can i do to get there kind of thing
0: i'm not even sure i ever knew what i wanted to be growing up i know i had a phase of i'd love to be a pilot i've always liked <laughs> to travel uh, from, nice. from family holidays in the early days and even even now i still travel like pre covid at least quite a lot yeah. um that was something that appealed to me but i can't say i ever went down a studying route to get there by the time it was kind of college and university days so that thought had completely left me. Um I've always been quite sports mad. I was keen on being a, uh, a football, football journalist football. <laughs> yeah, at one point in time and I yeah, think that was again for the reason of I'd like to go watch football matches uh, <laughs> as much as possible but I think um the entrepreneur side of things I think has come from accountability. I've, I've always liked being accountable for my work and um, I've always liked again kind of the early days for sure if you go back to being a student doing SEO for my own websites I loved the fact that I could make a change today and I could see the results tomorrow and like that instant very quick feedback of in the early days it would have been I'm making like five pound a day maybe less on a website for affiliate income but that felt so, so much more important than the money valuation behind it because it was it was just that like I'm doing something for myself. So I, I grew into this entrepreneur way of doing things without realizing that I, I was, I guess, if that makes sense. But um but yeah, it's just how do you take something that is making a pound or a dollar a day? How do you turn it into five, ten, etc.? And it that's that's what's excited me. And I also think as things have developed, it's become more about how do I grow a business as opposed to how do I do the initial craft that got me into this. So SEO is uh, certainly the skill set that got me into being an entrepreneur. But I I feel like now actually, I, I love to run a business. And I think that you could almost take the subject matter to a certain extent. And I think it could be transferable. But the skills and the conversations i've had with all sorts of people that run completely different businesses have been the same it's how do we how do we grow how do we hire great people how do you deal with challenges they're they're widespread across every company in the world it's not just specific to the one specialism that you have
1: yeah exactly like leadership is definitely a a strong asset Um, and owning your own business, um, taking it from a solopreneur to, you know, five, 10, 20, 100 people, it's different in all aspects, right? Like you need different um, traits and characteristics. And, and there's different people along the line that you need to really turn to. So a question I wanted to ask you, did you have mentors or coaches throughout those years? And how did you, um, you know, become you know, you're fairly successful and you're younger. So how did you get to that uh, stage quicker? Was it people that you kind of turned to or how did you, yeah, if you can share that.
0: Um, I've always got myself quite involved within industry events and networking and speaking to other people in similar roles. And I think I've always been quite open and transparent. So I think sometimes you can have almost like fake conference conversations of how are things going things are really going well we've just grown from eight people to ten like stuff like that drives me mad because it just yeah yeah, of course it's all fluff it's not
1: reality right
0: (laughs) exactly and it's kind of like it's not that i want to focus on negative actually if anything I'm, i'm i'd say i'm a very positive person but i think just being open and admitting okay well here's some of the challenges we've had have you had like problems like that before and just dealing with with that and I think nothing's ever new there's always someone out there that's dealt with something similar as a challenge before and it's always it's always specific it's to you it's it's my own story and my own decision on what I do next so I don't think there's ever a clear-cut answer from someone else but I can learn from their perspectives and I think in the early days that was just by surrounding myself with other people that Maybe ran similar companies and I could just be friends with them more than they now and I'll help them they'll help me um, I think over maybe second time around as a business I have had more mentors and I've looked at different people that have helped me from a agency leadership perspective to a business growth um, more financial way of looking at things as well and um, I think it's just filling in the blind spots. So having different people at different stages of journeys definitely helped me because I think what I've really got value for from a mentorship perspective is you don't know what you don't know. And with some mentors, I've worked with them to the point that they've been great, but I'll, I'll reach a certain point where I'll ask them a question and I'll answer it before they've even said anything. And I will answer it in the same way that they will answer answer themselves. And it, that's where actually that, that piece of mentorship has paid off because they've been teaching me to the point that I now know what to do. Um, but I found it certainly useful we have um, Mike Landers, our, our chairman right now, and he's got a very mixed background as a um, kind of management consultancy through KPMG, procurement director roles. And that is very much a relationship where he will challenge me and ask me questions that if I'm honest, sometimes they might even frustrate me because it's just like, Oh, I didn't even want to think about that, but you're right. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I think actually the, uh, the side of things of being asked questions that I didn't even know to think about in the first place has, has been very valuable. And it, it means that if I don't get challenged on those things, I have to learn the hard way by making the mistakes. So if I can, learn from the mistakes before I make them, that's uh, beneficial for sure.
1: I I think you, um, you know, hit it on the nail on a couple aspects where it was like having other people look at your company from a different perspective, right? Because you're so in it, you're living, breathing it on a daily basis, and you're blinded by what really is things that really move the needle and matter, right? So having, you know, chairs or other people looking at it that will give you positive constructive feedback and you know, they're honest and genuinely in it for the right reasons. Right. And uh, that's where mentoring really helps you and can elevate you. Right. Um, Because then you can actually look back and make little adjustments and pivots and changes um, as opposed to go blind. Right. Like you mentioned blind spots. Um, And it's hard, right. As a business owner, you think, you know, everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think, you know, you're doing everything the right way. However, it's always good for other people to give you feedback and take it, um, you know, with your own criticism, but it's all about like absorbing it and taking what you feel would be great for where you're at
0: today. Right. And I think there's a balance as well. I think sometimes in the past, I've gone from being a, an extremely decisive person to actually trying to involve more people in that. And I probably now, I think I turned the dial too much the other way. Yep. I, I think in the early days, I was very decisive in the sense of, I would just make decisions because I'm just I, I just want to move, I want to be quick. And if we get go in the wrong direction, we'll learn quickly and we'll readjust course and then we'll, we'll fix it. And I think as a as a startup and a growing company, I actually think that served us quite well because I don't think we went too far off course we definitely made more mistakes than we would have if we really would have thought it through um but at the same time sometimes although this sounds counterintuitive sometimes i think it's better to move backwards than it is to stand still because if you're moving backwards and making a wrong mistake but learning from it you can then move forwards but if you're at a deadlock you can't go anywhere and you're you just feel like you're standing still but then it, it reaches a certain point, certainly as you grow a team, I've, in, in a lot of cases, I think because I've come from that background of, yeah, just tell me what to do, or like, just ask me your your opinion, and I'll tell you what to do. Um, I'll make decisions, and then I realize, well, the, the team isn't bought into this. Why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they doing it? And I've realized it's because I've just told them what to do. There's no autonomy from their yeah, perspective yeah. around this. And although, I'm a hundred percent convinced this is right. If they're just being told what to do, they're just, they don't have that level of enthusiasm. And I feel like I've now learned to dial that back a little bit and say, what do you think? How do I be more involved into other people in the team? And if they're involved and feel like they are part of that process, then firstly, it helps to see my blind spots that I might not have seen before. Um, But secondly, I feel like actually, This approach, although I've almost had to train myself to do it and it's a bit painful at first, has allowed me to go faster because as a team, everyone can take us further forward as opposed to it just being me. And I've definitely reached a stage in that journey where I was was the bottleneck on too many things. And that's because I'm too accountable in many areas of like, yeah, if it all goes wrong, just blame me. I've never had a problem with that. But... Um, at the same time, it's, it's definitely about getting kind of the whole team behind you and uh, a range of different perspectives that you wouldn't have seen previously.
1: Yeah. And I love um, where you mentioned like getting other people involved where they hold themselves accountable and um, letting them make mistakes and fail. Right. And, um, it's, it's all about the evolution of leadership, right? It's all about lead by example, but also give them responsibility enough for them to make their own decision and autonomy, right? Um, yeah. Once you get to a point where you can definitely make that choice, but you want them to actually grow and evolve as humans as well, um, that's where it elevates you to be a better leader than you imagine.
0: It, it does, and I think again, it's, it's learning to hold back. Um, yep there's some instances I might see our team making mistakes and then in the past, I would definitely have called them up on it. And I feel like now quite often I ask myself, is this fixable? If if this is something where it's like, I see them making a mistake and we're going to lose a client and it's going to be a disaster, etc., I'll step in. I'll do something about it. If I feel like we've made a mistake, but actually sometimes it's better to let people make some of their own mistakes and learn from it than, Uh, I feel like I let things go more now. Uh, A team might still laugh at me saying this, honestly, but I I do feel like I I let things go a lot more now than I I definitely would have in the past because if it's something that we we can recover afterwards, then as long as there's not too much damage that's done, ultimately in the long term, I feel like those lessons are better learned the hard way. That's certainly the way that I've learned
1: Sense. And, and I think it also gives you better peace of mind, because then you're not in every situation, right? And that's yeah. what I kind of learned as well. It's like, let other people make mistakes, learn and evolve or fail, right? And get better and learn from them, right? And that whole evolution of you doing it all the time for many, many years, now I want others to do the same thing, to then become better leaders, to then have a team and structure, like everyone, everything is like a cycle right
0: well yeah exactly and that's the whole like robin charmer is a good example of he talks quite a lot about how the the best leaders create leaders and it's not about being a manager which is telling everyone what to do and report to me it's about actually leading by example holding people to account but showing them the way of okay well this is how you lead and you can own this part of the business and you can Mm -hmm. um, take that forward in the way that you think is best you still hold them accountable to the results, but it's not the same as controlling absolutely everything in the way that they do it. Exactly.
1: No, that's awesome. So over the last couple of years, I know you you've been running a very successful agency. Um, can you give some advice on uh, things that kind of you would provide for entrepreneurs? Like what would you tell some of them that are just starting off or uh, thinking of starting a business? Um, what, what would you advise some of them, these
0: people? And um, some of my advice is don't get too carried away on what I would call almost like ego vanity metrics. So in the past, I feel like we've grown quite a lot in headcount revenue, um, number of clients that we service. And I feel like externally, and again, this is maybe like the networking story of that sounds exciting. It's like, Oh, well, you must be doing well. And, you don't know it's like i like the expression of don't judge your inside to someone else's outside and I think that applies at a number of different levels from a maybe a mental health perspective all the way through to a company perspective but i think what i take from that is just because that company is employing people they're winning lots of clients etc is that success and I, i feel like actually you should define your own metrics of success sex, of success, and um, basically that shouldn't be external in terms of um, yeah how do you judge yourself as someone else I feel like I've always been very competitive with myself but I really couldn't care less about how we perform against other people or companies and I, I much prefer it that way because it's like I want to keep improving and I want to make sure that we're getting better but Am I gonna judge ourselves against another competitor on a metric that I don't really think matters? No. Um so so yeah, I think for me, those metrics are, are important for me, myself, is actually are we taking on clients that we feel like we're doing good work, we're adding value? They're the type of clients that we enjoy working with. Um, and yeah, it just, it just feels like more of a sense of purpose. Um I think when it comes to financial, I think again, like from a, an agency perspective, profits can be a afterthought quite often. Uh, certainly in my early career, I think it was much more about how do we grow revenue as much as we can, and then our profits are whatever we've had left at the end. And I think now actually it's being a bit more selective over, okay, what type of clients do we really want to win and which are the ones that will drive us profit? as opposed to let's just take everything that's out there and comes our way. And it, it, that just comes with experience. Um, so I, I think actually just knowing what you really want and do the, the typical business technique of the five whys, ask yourself, if if your answer is we want to get to a million pound turnover, 10 million pound turnover, et cetera, Why do you want to get there? What, what is that going to enable for you that you're not able to get without it? And I think the more that you get asked deeper questions like that, the more you get to the root of what is it you're really trying to do. And quite often you're probably closer to where you want to be than you realise it's just what you really want to achieve is potentially different to what you think success looks like initially, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of business owners who are just thinking, especially during this pandemic, right? People have a lot more time, and they don't know what stable income really is, right? They either work for themselves, or they go get a job, right? But how, how are these other companies surviving during this time, right? Everyone has an idea. Everyone thinks they have the greatest idea in the world, right? I'm all about go out there and figure it out. Go out, do something about it. Go out and, you know, instead of you know, reading all this stuff. I mean, everyone makes mistakes, right? Everyone fails, but you learn from it. Right. And you never give up. So it's all about like taking action. And I love the way you mentioned, like having perspective right on, um, don't not caring what other people are doing and just being core to what your values are, right? Like staying very grounded and understand, what that sense of purpose and why you're doing certain things, right? Is it freeing up some valuable time so you can spend it elsewhere and travel or whatnot, having money, but is it really just to buy stuff or is it really to help others with the additional income, right? Like other things that are really more impactful in your life today. And it all depends on where you're at in your life's journey. Right. Um, so it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. I, th- I think that's the key thing. It's uh, how do you take what it is that you're trying to achieve from that? Um, and I think the other thing just in terms of advice to entrepreneurs is uh, just stay in positive. I, I've always said from the early days, um, the time I'm most scared is when everything is going well, because I'm just, it feels too good to be true. There's got to be something that is, is around Something's the corner. up. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I also feel like the flip side of that is when times are bad, I'm very positive And I always think, well, this is going to get better because firstly, when it's in that bad situation, I don't think it's good to feel down because it's <laughs> be taking action and you've got to be doing something about it in order to take positive steps. And I also think that when things are going really well, it's good not to get carried away with yourself and feel like, we're top of the world, this is amazing because I feel like that's when actually you probably are most vulnerable if you think you're incredible, but actually is someone taking the ground away underneath you and yeah. you're, you're just completely unaware. So I think having that level of positivity definitely helps in the bad stages, but yeah, I think also a balance of, um yeah, don't get too carried away either and assume that you've made it because... I feel like once you, you get to that point then maybe that's where, where things will become more difficult for you. So I think it's uh, it, the balance is key I think both ways. It, it's, you you can't feel like you're always playing defense in terms of what you're doing but at the same time, yeah, I, I think you need an element of humility behind yourself as well. And I, I, and I think that, that helps when you're trying to get trust from people, whether that's your own team, potential clients, if people get where you're coming from a lot more, I think
1: that way. Yeah. And just being genuine. Right. And I, I love the fact that you, being optimistic during troubled times, during this pandemic, I always look at the bright side, which is right. things can't get any worse. So yeah. it's only <laughs> positive from now on. Right. And so what can I do? What can you control and what kind of different, uh, avenues can generate revenue or, you know, just ways to increase sales or awareness or presence or whatever it is, right? Um, but I, I love the positivity. And a lot of people get so boggled down with like negativity by their surroundings, by media, by their peers, like yeah. surround yourself with positive people, read up or listening to inspirational people, right, that you look up to. Um, and that's the as an entrepreneur, I've been doing this for a couple of years, but it's always like mindset. It's all about like positive reinforcements. And as much as that may sound like all the secret, right. It's like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it doesn't apply to me. Well, it, it does in a subliminal kind of way. Right. Like it's always there in the afterthought. It
0: it absolutely is. Another quote that I always like is, um, if you believe you can do it or you can't do it you're right so the the sense of being that if you think that you can do something achieve something you'll put everything behind making that happen you might not know how you're going to get there but you're going to do absolutely everything you can to make that happen and make it succeed Mm -hmm. and the same is true that if you're not bought into it and you don't think it's going to work you're going to make excuses and whether you even realize you're doing it or not it's not going to work because you're not bought into it so i think actually having that I think belief is really important understanding what it is you're trying to do and then putting everything behind it and truly believing that you're going to make that happen even if you fail i think it's one of those of like shoot for the moon and get somewhere to, somewhere close as opposed to um yeah i think if, if you just don't have the right attitude it's why try <laughs> honestly so uh and the flip side is completely true that you'll you'll find a way and it's everyone will always say it's kind of you'll have a plan and that plan won't go to plan but at the same time you should have a plan (laughs) (laughs) it's just gonna because you you want to at least know this is what we're going to try and this is where we're going to start and then you adjust course but yeah yeah i think having that that level of belief and positivity behind what you're doing is is crucial because if if you don't believe in yourself then no one else is going to do it for you. You you have to, you have to make it happen.
1: And it is a very lonely journey, right? As an entrepreneur or business owner. So surround yourself. There's a lot of groups out there and people and business owners. We kind of want to help as many people as possible, right? Because we want them to achieve success and also not go through the same growing pains that we have gone through. And that's the whole sense of community that I find as business owners and entrepreneurs, right? Like we are all kind of in the same boat and we want to strive to do good, right? As humanity and humans, we're all about like, just helping others so i I love you sharing all this great information kevin
0: yeah i think one thing i'd add to that is i've i've been lucky enough to meet extremely successful entrepreneurs and business owners who are achieving things that could be kind of like 100 times of the level that i'm at if not more and the one thing sometimes i feel there's a, a lot of negativity around extremely successful people are they must be ruthless and they can't be nice people to to deal with and I'm sure there's people like that around but in my experience most of the successful people I've met are actually genuinely very nice people and they, they've they got to do to where they are because they have a level of self-awareness that they learn from what they're doing they've got people to buy into their journey to help support them because it, they've set up a win-win relationship of you're, you're not here to make me rich we're here to grow together and we'll share it together and I, I do feel like hopefully it's, it's a case of like doing the right thing. And I it, it might say the, uh, what's the, the saying around like the, the nice guys finish last or something like that. But it, like I, I genuinely believe actually if you do the right thing, you, you should finish first. There's, there's no reason why you can't be nice to everyone along the way and succeed. And I, I genuinely think that if you're doing the right thing, Um, I think you'll have more chance of achieving success as opposed to if in the short term, sure, you can screw people over and make a buck. But (laughs) um, I don't think that's certainly not what I'm setting out to achieve. And I think for most people, it's actually how do you make an impact in the the medium to long term? And I think the answer to that is doing the right thing because that's what gets remembered. Um, Equally, it gets remembered probably even more so if you do the wrong thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think kind of keeping that positivity on the long term side of things is important as well. You're doing the right thing. It might not pay off today, but actually um, yeah, it will do. Just stick with it.
1: Exactly. Um, I know we only have a couple minutes left. Um, I just wanted to mention like so if you surround yourself with like negative people or people like your five closest people, family, friends or whatever, you're probably the average of them because you're talking very similar mindsets, very similar, you're probably doing the similar activities and hobbies. So yeah. surround yourself with positive people that you aspire to become, right? Or listen and read up on those people that you want to become and go to these conferences and look up to people and be curious, right? Because if you don't, then you're going to be um, the average like everyone else at is within your circle right and and i early days and i'm sure yourself um i did that and now i'm able to strive to become a business owner right an entrepreneur and enjoy every moment of it and i love the fact that you're sharing all this great insight because it's. It seems like we're connecting, right? Because we have very similar like-mindedness. Because we're both entrepreneurs, right? And we all are trying to do good in this whole SEO space or digital media space. There's good people and bad people, and I'm just surrounding myself with good ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think it's James Altucher who who also runs a podcast. But he said um, you're not just the average of the five closest people that you spend time with but you're on the average of the five tv shows you watch the news outlets you um, <laughs> consume consumes. and all that uh, yeah like I, I very rarely read any kind of national media coverage um, but the, the podcasts you listen to all of those uh, they reinforce messages probably in a lot of cases in their own bubbles um, and I think the, the ones that you pay attention to dictate your own thoughts and that, like we were saying if, what you think can detect, dictate what you achieve. So I, I think making sure that actually the information you're consuming is paying off for you is really important.
1: Exactly. So one last question, aside from business, um, it seems like you're you know, fairly successful in the business end of things. What other things in terms of pillars of your life are very, very important uh, today as opposed to before you started your company?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like I've tried to have more of a balance. Certainly in the past, I've probably thrown myself into work too much. Um, and I think one of the big things actually for me is just actually taking time out to do things like spend time with friends and family, but also kind of like my own fitness. And like, um, I got back into playing tennis last year. I've been nice. running um, quite consistently, training for a marathon, which I've never done before. Um, and I feel like that just helps me to switch off a bit more. So kind of having that distinction between, um, yeah, kind of like the work day and actually just trying to to switch off a bit more. And exercise for me has kind of become more of a part of how do I, yeah, not like I'll go for a run and won't even listen to music or anything like that. Like that's my own kind of way of, almost like meditation in a weird way of like just, getting out there and um yeah switching off a little bit more than I, I would do previously but um yeah for me sport has always been like a big thing <laughs> football in particular yeah. and trying to uh yeah yeah kind of have my own hobbies outside of this and prioritize and protect some time for doing things that i, I feel like makes me fresher from when i, I do work i can then focus because i'm i'm taking time to um yeah kind of connect with people, but also protecting my own time, if that makes sense as well.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, during this pandemic, I've been uh, really focused on health, right? Um, Really clean, whole foods. I've been reading all about paleo to keto to veganism to, you know, carnivore, you got to know yourself, right? So for me, I've tested, tried, I've uh, started shopping at local farms, organic farms, you know, just take care of yourself. Right. And this was an aspect that I've never really understood or had any interest of until I really, you know, last couple years, it's all about like, look, having a strong immune system, understanding like the mindset piece, right. And uh, surrounding yourself with like, like-minded people that are also doing this right yeah. and so it's it's very encouraging like if you actually put your mind to it and want to do something you can definitely do that and learn as much as possible make mistakes right but yeah, have yeah. that whole passion of like have fun with life life is short right go yeah. out and do something about it
0: i feel stuff like that actually the marketer in me i'm i'm always looking at metrics so stuff like strava <laughs> how do I, how do I get a quicker 5k run in? Or, uh, um, I actually went on a, a vegan diet that I stuck to since a couple of years ago now. And, but just again, measuring body fat percentage, stuff like that. as so it's like, it doesn't mean that much, but I just find it is, it's one of those self gratification things of, okay, well, things are going in the right direction. That's
1: good. <laughs> yeah. I think being happy ultimately, right? Like owning your decisions and the process, right? And having fun with everything that you encounter, do, people you in relationships, community, everything is all about balance too. Um, I so
0: sure.
1: th- I really appreciate your time, Kevin. I know I want to wrap this up. So, how can uh, some of the listeners get a hold of you, reach out to you, learn a
0: little bit about your business? Sure. Um it's probably best through I mean, happy to give my email out, which is just Kevin at Breesignal.com. Um if anyone has any questions, definitely drop me an email. And I always say with things like this, it's kind of you you expect, oh, I won't send an email because you'll get bombarded. And actually quite often it's not. You'll get kind of like two or three, and I'm more than happy to help people. So yeah, um, happy to do that. I'm quite active on social. Um LinkedIn, probably in particular, so feel free to connect. Twitter, um, my Twitter handle is Kev Gibbo. Um, so, yeah, happy to answer any questions and connect with people for sure.
1: Awesome. Well all the show notes will be there with all the links to any of your assets. And um I really want to thank you, Kevin. I know you're busy and uh I, I know you're joining us from London, England. So uh thank you for all the great insights and valuable information that you provided to audience members and cool. ha- have a great safe rest of your day. Thanks.
0: Thank much, you. listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO today and tune in to our next episode.